Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Babakama daf mem. We are holding on daf Lamid Tesam base. We are at Amrle Rav Acha Bar Abaye on the bottom of daf Lamid Tesam base. Today's shiur is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children and leading the his mother, Golda Basimcha Le Shalom. Also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Claudia Israel in these times and at Slacha for our soldiers and our captives. The Kodesh Baruch should return them home safely. Also by Avi and Esti Goldstein and family, Lezech and Nishmas, their beloved son, Zachary Goldstein, Alav Shalom Chaim Tzvi Ben Avram, my dear Talmud, upon his fifth yard site, which is this Shabbos, his neshama should have an aliyah. We thank all of the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. First thing we're going to discuss today is we started explaining yesterday the Shita of Rabbi Yaakov, that is Shor Shalcheir Shotavukatan, pays Chatzin Nezek, and we have a Machlokas, Abaye and Rava. We already learned the Machlokas, Abaye and Rava, how to understand that Shita of Rabbi Yaakov. So we're going to finish up that discussion today to assess the, the shitos of Abaye and Rava, and we're going to have another uh, teret of the kasha of a, that Abaye asks on Rava. Then the Gemara is going to discuss whether or not Petropus pays kofar when the Shorshal Yusomim kills somebody. And then once we're talking about that, we're going to discuss more details about uh, the kofar payment uh, when, an, when an ox kills somebody. Then the Gemara is going to talk about what if a borrowed shor does damage? What is the responsibility of the owner, and what is the responsibility Responsibility of the borrower. Does it make it the Gemara is going to talk about? What if it became a muad in the Rishos uh, Habaylim and then the borrower was unaware of that? Or what if it became a muad in the Rishos of the borrower and then it was returned to the owner? So, uh, so what, what, what's our uh, attitude uh, about, uh, about the payment or the halacha, r- rather, regarding the payment that the borrower owes as well as that the Bailim owes? Then the Gemara is going to have a stira within the Brisa whether Rishos Mishana or Rishos is ain't a mishana, meaning there's the fact that uh, there's a shina rishos change the animal back into a tam. So we're going to have a stira within a single brysa about that issue, and three resolutions to that stira. Then the Gemara is going to talk about if a stadium shor, meaning a shor stadin, that killed is fit to be brought as a karban. We already said in our Mishnah that he's not going to be chayv misa because he, he it's not his fault. He, he was uh, trained to do that, and, uh, and they, uh, they they enticed the animal to do that. But uh, but what about being bringing the animal as a karban? And do we say sof kol sof? He killed the person, and if he killed the person, he cannot be brought as a carbon. And then the parak is going to uh, the, the not the parak, but the daf is going to conclude with the machlokas between Abai and Rava. What case Rabbi Shimon refers to when he says that a roveya, an animal that's roveya, doesn't pay kofar? Is it talking about where the animal killed while it was roveya, or the, and, and and still he doesn't pay kofar? Is it talking about where the animal didn't kill? So isn't that obvious that it doesn't? And pay kofar. So we have a machlokas Abaye and Rava. What Rabbi Shimon is referring to when he says that what's unique about Roveya is that Roveya does not pay kofar. And that discussion brings us all the way to the Mishnah on Mem Aleph Amud Aleph. So let's begin again. We are holding at Amrle Rav Acha Bar Abaye Liravina toward the end of the of the page, three lines from the end of the page. Andaf Lamites and Beis. Just to quickly uh, summarize what we were talking about to get us back into the conversation. We had a brisa that said that a shor shall cherishot of a katan. Rabbi Yaakov says you have to pay chatzinezek. The brisa actually said that Rabbi Yaakov pays chatzinezek, but then we corrected it and said no. Rabbi Yaakov says you pay chatzinezek when a shor shall cherishot of a katan is null.
Nagach. So uh, the Gemara says, well, wait a second. Is, is it a short time? If it's a short time, of course you pay Chazi Nazik. Is it a short Muad? If it's a short Muad, so either you did a Shemira or you didn't. Meaning if you did a proper Shemira, then it's an onus. You shouldn't have to pay anything. And if you didn't do a proper Shemira, it's not Chazi Nazik, it's Nazik Shalem. So we had two approaches. Approach number one was Rava, that we're talking about a Muad. But the case happened to have been that you did a Shemira Pechusa, but you didn't do a Shemira Meula. That you, you, the, and, and Rabbi Yaakov assumes, like Rabbi Yehuda, that, the, that even when a shor becomes a muad, it's not that it's a, it's a whole new category, it's a tam plus. The tzad tamus remains the same. You pay the chatzinezek of a tam gufo, plus you pay an additional chatzinezek for it being a muad. And he also assumes, like Rabbi Yehuda, that a shmir is all you need to do for a muad. It's not all you need to do for a tam. And therefore, even though this shor is a muad, the tzad tamus bimakoma omedes, and you pay the chatzinezek of the shortam that because you didn't do a shmira meula, and we we uh, uh, we and even though it belongs to cherishot v'katan, we're mabed and apitropus to an apitropus to collect for a tam megufo. That was Rava's understanding of Rabbi Yaakov. Why are you paying chatzinezek? It's a muad, but you're paying chatzinezek for the tzad tamu since you didn't do a shmira meula. So Abayi says, what are you talking about? How could it be that Rabbi Yaakov doesn't argue on Rabbi Yehuda? We have a brisa that says that the Rabbi Yehuda says Yerchayev and Rabbi Yaakov says no Chatzinezek. So don't you see that they're arguing? So Rava would respond according to Rabbi Rula. Rava would respond. No, no, they're not arguing. Rabbi Yaakov is explaining the shita of Rabbi Yehuda. What does Rabbi Yehuda mean when he says Yerchayev? Just the Chatzinezek. But Abaye disagreed with the whole assessment of Rava. He understood that we're talking about a Muad and you didn't do any shmira at all. Uh, and, and therefore, Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda uh, on one halacha, but not on the other. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda that Tzad Tammuz bimakoma omedes, but he disagrees, whereas Rabbi Yehuda holds Rumamin and Apotropos for the uh, Yasom to collect Migufo. Rabbi Yaakov says, no, we're not Mamin and Apotropos. And therefore, the only payment is for the Tzad Muad. You're not paying for the Tzad Tammuz. When Rabbi Yaakov says you pay Chatz it's for the tzad muad shabo. So now we pick up in that conversation. Amalei Ravacha Barabayi Ravina Ravacha Barabayi says to Ravina Bishlam la Abayi Dama Pligi. According to Abayi, that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov are disagreeing with each other. Shapir, I understand why the first price has to be talking about a short muad because had it been talking about a short time, he should have explained within the sheet of Rabbi Yaakov that we're mamun and apotropos to collect migufo, and you can't say that because there's a second price that tells me not that way. But according to Rava, the Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yaakov do not disagree. Rabbi Yaakov is only explaining Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. So according to him, you could explain that Mishalim, that that, that, uh, that which you pay the Chatzinezek the is only the Chatzinezek of the Tzad Tamus because we're Mammon and Apotropos to collect Migufo. Well, Admukilo B'Muad, instead of saying that the price is talking about a Muad and you Chayiv Chatzinezek Mishum the Tzad Tamus, why not just say Nukma just say that the price is on better time. If anyway, the way Rava's understanding is that you're only going to pay the Tzad Tamus Shabo, why do you have to say it's talking about a Muad and you're paying the Tzad Tamus? 
just say it's talking about a tam, and that's why you're paying the tzad tamos. So either Rabbi Yehuda davle shmir pchusav lavle shmir meula. If Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda that it says in the Mishnah later on that a short tam requires a shmir meula. So over here, let's say that we're talking about a case where you didn't do a shmir meula, and that's why you're chayiv. Vila Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, and if you want to hold like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov that a short tam only needs a shmir pchusa, so then say lavle shmir klal. We're talking about a case where you didn't do any shmira, and that's why you're chayiv the tzad tamos. Because we have this uh, statement of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov that uh, that that uh, that that uh, Tam only needs a shmir pchusa, and as long as you did that, you'd be pater. But uh, and and if you're going to say that uh, that that is, lest you say that if we were to say that it's talking about a short time, there would be no chiddush. Um, the uh, no, but there's still a chiddush because Even if we're talking about a short time, there's still a chiddush. The chiddush is that we collect. Uh, we, through an apotropos, uh, even though it belongs to the shor belongs to cherishot of so that's the kasha. According to Rava's understanding, that the chatzy nezek that Rabbi Yaakov is mechayiv you to pay is only the tzad tamos anyway. Why would you say we're talking about a shor muad and you're only paying for the tzad tamos? Say we're talking about a shor tam, and that's why you're paying for the tzad tamos because it's a shor tam and you didn't do the proper shmira that a shor tam needs. So Amale, so uh, Ravina responds to, Ra- to Ravacha, uh, it, it, it's true. Rava could have said that it's talking about a short time. But Hachikamar, he'd rather say that it's talking about a case which teaches me uh, several chidushim, namely that uh, Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that a moor is, is, is suffices with the Shmir Pchusa, and that he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that's the Tzad Tamus Bimakoma Omedas, and that he holds that Mamidin Apatropos Latam Ligvos Migufo. So you have all of these chidushim if you assume that it's talking about a moor and you're only paying for the Tzad Tamus. But if he's going to say that it's only talking about a tam, then there's only one chiddush, and that is that your mamin and apotropus. So, uh, so I, but I would not have known that he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that sad tamus b'mekom omedus, and I would not have known that a mur is sufficient b'shmir pchusa. I would not have known the other two chidushim. So, uh, by virtue of uh, of saying that it's talking about a shormur, we learn three chidushim, and I'd rather learn three chidushim than to learn one chiddush. It is a little bit funny. We learn three chidushim, and and the lashon of the gemara is. That there are two chidushim over here. It's not really two chidushim, it is three chidushim. So Rabbeinu Peretz explains that he means to say that there are three, there are two additional chidushim beyond what I would learn if you were to tell me you were talking about a, shar, a shartam. If we're talking about a shartam, I'd learn one chidush, namely that you collect through an apotropus. And now that it's talking about a shartam, I learn two more chidushim that he holds like both of the shitos of Rabbi Yehuda. Just one side point over here. It was uh, We started with the words Amrle Ravacha Bar Abaye Ravina. It was Ravacha, the son of Abaye, who said to Ravina, Abaye. I understand very well according to Abaye. Now, if uh, Ravacha was Abaye's son, we have to understand how he's allowed to say Bishlama la Abaye. The Rambam Paskins in Ilchus Mamrim Paragvavalacha Gimel that one is not allowed to call their father by the na- by their name, neither when the father is alive nor after the father uh, has has passed away. So how is it that uh, Ravacha Bar Abaye is allowed to say the words Bishlama la Abaye? It's his it's his father. So in the 
the Eishel uh, Avram, the Sefer Eishel Avram, he says maybe there was another Abaye, and uh, maybe this was a fairly common name. Um, uh, that uh, the, the, and 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 uh, if your father has the same name as somebody else, Shalom Befanov, not in front of the father, you're allowed to call that somebody else by that name. In the Shinuye Nuschalus, in the Frankel edition uh, of, of, of you know on Baba Kama, he there's a he brings a girsa of Ravacha Bar Avin, that it's not Ravacha Bar Abaye, which obviously would solve the problem. That it's not uh, it's not his father at at all. Okay, so now. Um, says the Gemara, uh, Ravina Amar, Ravina gives another teretz to Abaye's kasha on Rava. Abaye said, how can you, Rava, say that, uh, Rav, uh, that Rabbi Yaakov is assuming like the shitos of Rabbi Yehuda? We have a b'risa where, where Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov disagree. So Ravina says, the, the first b'risa is, uh, it, it can be explained like Rava said. They were talking about a sharmua that you watched through the Shmir Pachusa, and Rabbi Yaakov is assuming like Rabbi Yehuda that you only need a Shmir Pachusa for a muad, and that Sad Tamus has been and therefore you chayiv the chati nezek of the tzad tamus and were mamed an apotropos for a time to collect megufo of the of the shar. When it says in the second brisa that uh, that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yudha disagree, it's not about any of the of the of the things that Rava was talking about. That Rava said Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov agrees to Rabbi Yudha about rishos meshana ikabinayu. What they simply disagree about is the principle of rishos meshana. That if the uh, shar goes from one person's rishos to another, does it go? Back to being a tam, kigon to have a muad. Meaning, the case was that the shor was a muad when the cherish uh, and and the shor were were uh, were under the when 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 the guy was a cherish and the shor was in the control of the apotropos. And then and then the cherish became a bardas. The shota became a bardas. The katan became a gadol. And and now it's in their possession and they didn't watch it properly. Rebuda says, well, it's already and it remains a muad. It was a muad tachas the apotropos, and it remains a muad. But Rabbi Yaakov says, Rabbi Yaakov says, no, it goes back to being a tam because it had a shina rishos. It was previously in the control of the apotropos. Now it's in the control of this new, uh, newly minted bardas, this cherish that was nishtape. So therefore, it's uh, it's going to go back to being a tam. That's the whole machlokas should be done, Rabbi Yaakov. But as far as uh, all of the other issues of uh, of tzad tamus b'makoma omedes and Shormuat Sagile Bishmira Pchusa, that Rabbi Yaakov agrees to Rabbi Yudah about those other issues. Okay, new discussion now. Tan Rabban, Apatropos and Mishal Min Aliyah, but Vein Mishal Kofer. If an Apatropos is in charge of a Shor Shal Yisomim, he pays for the damages the Shor does, Min Aliyah, not just from the Gufa Shor, meaning a normal, no, normal payment that you would pay for damages that a Shormuat does, but if the Shor kills a person, where normally the Bailim of the Shor is going to pay Kofer, he, the apotropos does not does not pay kofar. The halach is that if a shor tam kills a person, um, based in has to kill the shor, and the bailim does not have to pay. Pasuk says shor shor es ish. O S Isha Umes Sakoli Sakela Shar Vloya Khalas Pesaro Ubala Shar Naki that the Bala Shar doesn't have to pay, we just kill the Shar. But if it was a muad, the Bailam has to pay Kofer. Pasuk says, the Imshar Nagachum, it's Mulshul Sham. It was already a Shar Muad. Then a Shar Yisakel, the Gamba love you must im kofar you shall salav nasabidinafshan kala shar you shall salav. Doesn't mean we actually kill the Bailam, it means that he pays uh, that he pays Kofer. So even though we already killed the Shar the first time that he does 
was the Nagicha while he was still the Tam, it could be that it will still become a Muad. The Gemara is going to explain on Memel uh, Vamrav how that could happen. That it could still become a Muad, even though we, we should have killed it the first time it ever killed the person, but it could still be a Muad for uh, killing a person. So, anyway, if a Shar a Muad kills a person, then uh, the Apotropus doesn't pay the kofar payment. So mantanu kofar kapar v'yasmanav ne kapar ninu. Meaning the Gemara right away assesses this price and says, oh, I, I know why that would be the case. The whole point of a kofar payment is to achieve kapara. Who needs the kapara? The bailum of the shara. The bailum of the shara, yisomim. Yisomim are katanim. Katanim never require kapara. So who's the tana that assumes all of those things? That assumes that kofar is a kapara. And because the bailum is a katan, the katan does not require kapara. Samrav chista, rabbi shmalb that is the sheet of Rabbi Shlomoshon because we have a price. So when it comes to paying kofar, the pasuk says vinasan pidyo nafsho that kofar is vinasan pidyo nafsho. So demei nizik Tanakama says that means you pay the value of the guy that was killed. Rabbi Shlomoshon broke omer demei masik. No, you pay the value of the owner of the shore that did the killing. So my love bahakamifli. What are they arguing about? Isn't it the following? The Rabbanon who say you pay Dmei Nizik, why are you paying the value of the victim, of the person who was killed? Because it's Mamon. The payment of Kofar is to reimburse the loss that you caused. So there was a person that was worth X amount of dollars. He's no longer here because of your Shar. So the Kofar payment is Mamon. You pay you you uh, you pay for that loss. Rabbi Shalom holds that no, you're paying Dmei Mazik because it's the owner of the Shar who requires a kapara, and therefore the amount that you pay relates to the value of the owner of the shar because he needs a kapara. So you see that is the one that holds kufra kapara, and memela, it's not going to be shaykh to yasom because katan do not require kapara. So papa, lo, no, maybe that's not what the machlokas is about, whether you pay demei mazik or demei nizik. Maybe to kuli alma kufra kapara hi. Maybe everyone agrees that kufra is kapara. The machlokas is that when we assess the, the, the amount you need to pay for the kapara, the Rabbanon hold you look at the value of the nizik. That's how the Torah was koveya, the kapara, for this uh, for, for not watching your shore and having your shore kill somebody. That we assess the kapara based on the value of the mazik and not based on the value of the nizik, but maybe everyone agrees that it's kapara. Well, my time with the Rabbanon, why would the Rabbanon hold that it goes based on the demei nizik? Oh, because we darshan from Psukim. Nemr Shisa Lamata. It says by a Sharmua that kills a person, which is our topic, Im Kofar Yushas, Loshan of Shisa, Vinemr Shisa Lamaila. And it says by, uh, by Dmei Vlados, Kasher Yashis Alav, when when Shar, in the parsha of Dmei Vlados, when two people were fighting and one of them strikes a pregnant woman and causes her to lose her pregnancy, Kofar Yushas. Use kasher yoshes Use a lotion of shisa. So malahalon bidinizik. Just like when you're paying for a woman's loss of pregnancy, you're paying for the value of the vlados themselves of the nizik. So afkan bidinizik. So maybe so so too. We have this drasha that when a shor kills somebody, you pay the value of the nizik. But it's still a kapara. It's just that we have a drasha that tells me that you pay the value. 
of the Nizik. Simple reading of the Gemara is that this is what we call a Gzeira Shava. There's one of the 13 meters Shatar and Japan, and therefore we require some sort of Masara that there is such a Gzeira Shava to darshan these two words. The Ritva just raises the question that there is a Klal that ain't Gzeira Shava Lamechza, the Gemara Menachah says. So anything that you can learn from one, to, whenever there's a Gzeira Shava linking two Parshios, you got to link them in both directions. So therefore, shouldn't we learn from the Gzeira Shava that just like the Tashim of the Dmei of Lados is a monetary Tashlum and it's not Mishum Kapara, so too the Kufra is also a monetary Tashlum, it's Mamon and not Kapara, meaning we're saying, oh, this Gzeira Shava tells me that even though Kufra Kapara, you're still going to pay Bidin Nizik because of this Gzeira Shava. Well, if you really hold to the Gzeira Shava, you got to learn everything and you got to learn that it's uh, that it's Mamon and it's not Kapara. So the Ritva suggests that the Mashmal, so the Pasuk of Pidyon Nafsho is what tells me that it's the Nefesh of the Mazik, that it's a Kapara. So we have a Pasuk that says Beferush, that this is Kapara, and oh, how do I assess that Kapara? That's what I use the Gzeir Shava for. So it's not a violation of any Gzeir Shava because you have an actual Pasuk that tells me that it's Kapara. Or, alternatively, the Ritva suggests, this is not a Gzeir Shava at all, and therefore you cannot ask the question of a Gzeir Shava. This is an example of Yilamit Sasum in Amafurash, that by Kofar, the Torah just says uh, Stam, and it doesn't, pay well, it doesn't say whether you pay Dmei Mazik or Dmei Nizik, but by the Vlados it says that it's clearly the Dmei Nizik, and therefore we learn from the Lashon Yushas, but it's not a Gzei Roshava that required a Mesorah, that ain't of them done Gzei Roshava Me'atzmo, this is Sasum in Amafurish. In fact, the Shidam Gubetzas writes later on in this Masechtim, Nim Rabbeinu Tam, that whenever the Gemara says, Nemar Lamata V'Nemar Lamayla, it's always Sasum in Amafurish. That's not a Lashon of a Gzei Roshava. That's not a Lashon the Gemara uses when it tries to teach me so Yes, it is a pidyon for the nefesh of the mazik, but how do we assess the amount that you pay for the pidyon of the nefesh of the mazik? By the value of the nizik. So now the Gemara, once we mention the idea of kofer, uh, by Yisomim, the Gemara brings a few sveikos about the dinam of Kofar. So Meshavayachle, Rav Nachman, the Rav Achabar Yaakov, Dodam Gadolhu. Rav was telling Rav Nachman what a great guy Rav Achabar Yaakov was, what a Gadol B'Torah Rav Achabar Yaakov was. So Amalei, Rav Nachman said to Rav, wow, he sounds so impressive. Look, Next time Rav Achabar Yaakov visits, I'd love to meet him. So when Rav Achabar came to meet Rav Nachman, Amalei, so Rav Nachman challenged Rav Achabar. He said, ask me something. So by me, Ravacha asked Rav Nachman, meaning challenge him, ask me a good kasha. So he said, okay, I'll ask you the following kasha. If you have a shard that's owned by two people and that shard kills somebody, how do you pay the kofar? You know, when it comes to nezek, it's pasha that each one pays the chatzi nezek because the whole point of paying a nezek is to make the guy whole again, that you cause him damage. So you have to make sure that he gets fully paid back. So as long as he gets half payment from each of the owners, he's getting fully paid back. But by kofar, the ikar is for the kapara of the mazik. So each one needs a kapara and neither one could get kapara with 
only a chatsi kofer. So how do you get them the each kapara? So do they uh, so mishalim high kofer va high kofer? Does each one pay a kofer shalim? Well, kofer amrachman v'lo shnei kofrin. The Torah says oh, you only have to pay one kofer, not two kofers. So what do you want to say? High chatsi kofer va high chatsi kofer. Let each one pay a chatsi kofer. Kofer shalim amrachman v'lo chatsi kofer. The Torah never says you pay chatsi kofer. It says that you pay kofer shalim. Tosus points out in Dibra Maskal Kofer, really? You never pay Chatsi Kofer? A short time that kills, according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, pays Chatsi Kofer. We learned back on Daf Tezvav Amid Aleph. And if you kill a Chatsi Av Chatsi Ben Chorin, the Gemara in Gitin Amid Beis says that you're Mishalim Chatsi Kofer. So Tosus says, no, no, that's where the Iker Chiyuv was only a Chatsi. Of a, and, and therefore, you could have a Chatsi Kofer. But over here, the Chiyuv is a Kofer Shalim. So since it's a, the Chiyuv is a Kofer Shalim, we never find by a Chiyuv of Kofer Shalim that a Single party will only pay a chati a chati kofer. So uh, while Rav Nachman was uh, thinking about this question, Rav Achis said, "I got another kasha for you." Amalei Tanan. It says in the Mishnah Masechus Arachin, "Chayave Arachin Mimashkinosan." Chayave Chatos Vashavos Ein Mimashkinos Mashkinosan. If a person commits erchi alai or erch ploni alai, an erch vow that he's going to pay to the base of Migdash, we ask to give the base of Migdash based on the erch that the Torah assigns. So the gizbar of heg is allowed to take a mashkon for that commitment. He can go into his house and take something from him that is equal the value of what he committed because that uh, payment is not there for kapara and therefore we have to worry that maybe he's not going to follow through and pay it. So the gizbar is allowed to come and see to it that it gets paid as opposed to if a person is chayiv, a karmachatus, karmachatus, where he needs a kapara, you're not allowed to take a mashkon because you could trust that he's going to take care of it. He needs the kapara so he's going to be motivated to take care of it himself. So, chayavi kofrin mai. But what if a person is chayav kofer? So the yorshe, are the yorshe and Nizik allowed to take a mashkon to collect the kofer, balkarcho, or not? So keeping the kapara uchatas vashem. I mean, on the one hand, maybe we should say, well, since it's a kapara, it's like a chatas and nasham mechamer chamer yilavei v'lo bay mashkone, and therefore you don't need to take a mashkon because he'll take it very seriously. Oh, don't look keeping the chavri who dubai miasvale, or maybe no, maybe since this is not you pay this payment of kofer to another person v'lo legvoahu, and it doesn't get paid to the base of mikdash mamanu v'lo chamer lebal mashkone. Maybe he'll just view that not really as a kofer; he'll view it almost as if it's mamon, and it's not going to be so chashav in his eyes and, and you need to and therefore you're allowed to take a mashkon inami or we could say another svara that you could take a mashkon since the bala shor is not the one that did the avera it's his shor that did the hezik maybe he's not going to think it's such a serious matter and therefore you're allowed to take a mashkon from him to ensure payment so uh, that's my second shaila about kofer that, uh, that Ravacha asks to Rav Nachman so the first, uh, the first question was how do you handle kofer? And the second question was, uh, do you take a mashkon for a kofer payment? So shavkon is You already, you already quieted me with the first one. I didn't have an answer to the first question, and now you're peppering me with another question. Leave me alone. So Rav Nachman uh, never. That's it. That's the end of the story. He doesn't. He doesn't give an answer to anything. The Rambam in Uchsnus Kemamim Parakir Alachas Dalen Hey Paskins that a shor shal shutfim each shutaf pays kofer shalem. 
And he says, Mimashkin in Alakofer, that we take a Mashkin Kofer, meaning he's Machmir in both cases. Lachemisha points out, normally the Alacha is, when it's a Suffolk Mamon, we always go Lakula on the Nitva, but over here it's a Suffolk Kapara. So Suffolk Kapara, we're going to be Machmir in order to ensure that the person can be certain that he has a Kapara. Okay, new discussion now. Tanarabanan, Sha'Allah Bechaskas Tabah. Bryce says, person borrows a shard from someone, from his friend, with the Chazaka that it's not a but it turns out you find out after a course. Oh, by the way, it was a shormuad previously. So the Bailam pays the Khatinezak that's beyond the Tamus because it was a muad and he didn't tell the other guy that it was a muad. The but the Shoal was still has to pay Khatinezak because even if it were a Tam, he'd be paying Khatinezak. Who had bebeis shoel? If a shor became a muad while it was by the shoel, vichzira lebailim, and then he returned it to the bailim. Bailim mishal mechati nezek v'shoel patur miklum. The bailim would pay chati nezek, and the shoel doesn't have to pay anything because it's backed by the bailim. And the shira rishus is mishana, so it goes back to being a tam, and only the bailim has to worry about it. So I'm marnella to analyze this price. Shalom b'cheskes tamim t'muad. I borrowed a shor from you, and you told me it was a tam. It was a calm, nice shor. Never did anything before. And it turned out that it was really a muad, and now it does damage. So they each pay chatzinazik. Why is the shawl have to pay at all? Shouldn't the shawl be able to tell the bailim, I borrowed an ox, I didn't borrow a lion, meaning I had no idea that this was a dangerous animal. So I would have watched it differently. So Marav, yeah, the bailim still has to pay. In such a case, the bailim should have had to pay the whole nazak. But now the case is that the shovel knew that it was a wild animal. He just didn't know that it had actually gored three times and become a sharmuad. But he knew that it was a rough, you know, it was a pretty rough animal, and therefore he uh, he should have watched it more carefully. But why can't he say tam sheili Granted, I knew it was a wild animal, but I thought it was a tam. I didn't know that it was a it was a muad. So I wasn't makabel on myself the shmira that you need for a muad. So yeah, yeah, but even if it was a tam, you'd still have to pay chatzinezek. So so pay the chatzinezek that you would have had to pay anyway if it was what you thought what, what, what you would have thought it was. Why can't he say yeah? But if it was a tam, the payment comes from the guf of the shar, so the hefsid would go entirely to the bailim. But now that it's a muad, they're collecting from other nechasim, and I'm losing out. Say so the gemara answers no. The bailim could say to the shoal sof sof at lav torah ba meaning even if they would collect the chatzinezek from the guf of the shar, you would still would have to return another shar to me because you borrowed a shar from me. Uh, a shawl has to return to the bailim whatever you borrowed. So you would have lost even if it was uh, collecting the gufo. So therefore you lose now as well. Says more of a name Why can't the shawl say to the bailim, Im tam have a modin miftarina? If it was a shar tam, I would have been modit and based in that, uh, that the shar gourd before Adim would have come and then I would have been potter because chatzinezek is a Knas and Modib Knas Pater. Now it's a Sharmuad. It's not a Knas anymore. I have no out by being Moda. I could have otherwise come to Basin before the Adim. I could have beaten the Adim to Basin, been Moda, and been totally Pater. And even if you want to say, 
that chatsi nesek of a tam is mamun and is not knas, uh, and therefore there's no way of being moda beknas and being moda and becoming potter. But name still the shul could say to the bailu, itam who have a ma'arikinale la'agma. If it was a short tam, I could have brought it to the agam somewhere far away where no one would have found it, and they never would have been able to collect the chatsi nesek because a short tam you can only pay me gufo, and if I'm hiding the shor, you'll never find it, and you can't collect me gufo. So the Gemara says that the case where the shovel is chayiv chatsi nezek, even though he didn't know it was a shor muad al hachmeiskinon kagon da aktim beidin of vitafse. It's talking about a case where the basin went and was tofaced the shor where uh, you didn't have a chance to go hide it in the agam. So yachi, if the Bryce is talking about a case where basin grabbed the shor from the shovel. Why does the Bailam have to pay Chatsi Nezek that he's Chayiv Mishum the Muad Shabo? Name can't the Bailam say to the Shawel, At Faste Litoroi Biada, Mandalo Matsin the Shayodina Bade? You were Matfis my Shar in the hands of someone that I can't be Omid Bedin uh, with him to take my Shar from, because uh, you shouldn't have allowed Bazdin to grab my Shar. Says the Gemara, Mishum da Amrle, the Shawel say back to the Bailam, Look, if I would have returned it to you, Basin would have taken it from you. So you don't lose from the fact that Basin took it from me. You can't blame me. If you, if I would have given it back to you, they would have taken it from you. But couldn't the Bailam say, no, have my If you would have given it back to me, I would have been quicker in hiding it and getting it out of an album where they would not have been able to collect it. But you were too slow, and uh, Basin found it, and Basin was able to collect it from you. So Misham Damle, so so the shawl could say to the and the end of the day, since the shore is a muad, Basin is going to collect from you no matter what. Meaning, Basin doesn't need to collect from uh, from the shore. Basin would have gone into your house and taken your nechassim because of, for a shore muad, you collect mina aliyah. So it says, That works very well. That's a good taina if the bailim actually has nechassim from which to collect. But in a case where the bailim doesn't have any nechassim from which to collect, what's the shovel's response going to be? be to the taina of the bailim, meaning after all, the bailim could say, I would have been mavriach the shor to an agam, Bezdin never would have found it, they never would have collected anything, they can't collect from anything else I've got, because I don't got anything else, I have nothing. The shor could still say to the bailim, just like I have to return the shor to you, so do I have to pay the shor to the nizik, uh, and, and, and that's based on the sheet of Rabbi Nassan. How do I know that if Ruvain has a tvias mamon on Shimon, that Shimon owes him money, uh, he, borrowed, he borrowed money from him, and Shimon has a tvias mamon on Levi, how do I know that we could take the money from Levi and give it directly to Ruvain? That since uh, Ruvain uh, is, is, owes money, since Shimon owes money to Ruvain, so Levi is Meshuba to Ruvain as well, is considered the, his Balchov. Meaning, if A owes B and B if and B owes C, you can go straight from A to C. You can take the money from A and give it to C. Tabalomer, because the pasuk says when it comes to someone who steals money and is nishpal sheker when he's moda for uh, his sin, the pasuk says v'nasan la 
asher asham lo. They, they give the gzela to the person who really deserves the money. So it sounds like even if he's not the one that you stole from, but there's a shibud because the nigzal owes that guy the money. So I, I, I don't have to return to the guy I stole it from. If the guy I stole it from owes it to somebody else, I can go directly to that somebody else and base them go directly to that somebody else and give it to that somebody else. So we hear as well, the shor that was mazik, the bailam has to pay to the, the nizik. So the shol could say, I'm doing, I'm doing you a favor. I'm paying for you. And therefore you can't say, oh, you would have hid the shor. You, would have, you have a responsibility over here. So I'm taking care of your responsibility to pay up what you, uh, what you really owed. So uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Gemara, Rush points out, the Gemara doesn't ask, and if you don't hold of Rabbi Nassan, then what would you say? Because we do Paschal like Rabbi Nassan. So since we Paschal, this is what we call Shibudud Rabbi Nassan. It's a famous concept throughout Shas, that Shibudud Rabbi Nassan, that the Shibud goes from A to C, and it skips over the middle party. Okay, new discussion. The, the, we said, who had Bebe Shol, not totally new, we mentioned in the Brisa, who had Bebe Shol, Vichzir Lebailim, Bailim Misham Lechatsi Nezik, Vishol Patrim Yiklum. If it became a Muad while it was being borrowed, and then you return it back to the Bailim, so the, and then it goes again, it's a Tam. The Bailim pays Chatsi Nezik, the Shol doesn't have to pay anything. So Sefer Rishus Meshana, that sounds like as soon as it goes back to the original owner, it, it starts with a clean slate and it becomes a tam and new Rishus and everything changes. Rishus Rishus ain't a Meshana. But in the Rishus, we said Rishus is not Meshana. We, the, 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 in the Rishus, it would also changed hands because it became a muad in the base Bailim and then he lent it out. And yet we still said that there's going to be a Nezek Shalim between the two of them. So it says in our three approaches. Am Rabbi Yochan Tavra Mishoshana Zulo Shana a reflection of two different shitos in that brisa. One shita that Rishos Mashana, another Rishos not Mashana. Rabba Amar, Midarashim Rishos Eina Mashana, Sefanami Rishos Eina Mashana. They're both assuming Rishos Eina Mashana, Sefa Hainu Taima. I, why in the Sefa do we assume that the Bailam only has to pay Chatsi Nezek? You can't make my Sharamud. You, the borrower, can't make my shor muad. I would have watched it better. It never would have been a muad if I was the one in charge. Rav Papa Amar, third approach. The whole Bryce is assuming that Rishos Mashana, that it starts with the clean slate. Reisha Hainutaima, when it says in the Reisha that even though the, uh, the, the, the shor went from the Rishos Abayim to the Rishos Shoel, it remains a muad. It was never Mashana Rishos. When, when I lend you my shor, it's still somewhat in my possession, the Bailam's possession, because it always has the shame Bailam on it, and therefore it's not a, an, an actual Shina Rishos. But when the Shoal returns it to the Bailam, it's now not, it, it has no Shaykhus to the Shoal anymore. And that's an actual Shina Rishos. So again, three approaches. One approach is that two opinions, whether Rishos Mashana are both reflected in the Brisa. Second approach is that Rishos is clearly Eina Mishana, and third approach is that Rishos is clearly yes Mishana. Okay, now, Sharet Stadinenu Chayv Misa. We said that a stadium Sharet that kills you know, is not going to be Chayv Misa because it's Kiyigach and not Shiyagichuhu. So, so if the Sharet Stadin kills, do you, can you bring it as a carbon? So, Rav Amr Kasher, Shmuel Amr Pasel. Rav Amr Kasher, Anusu. It's Kasher for a carbon. It didn't do anything wrong. It was an Ones. They were, they were prompting it to do this. Shmuel Amr Pasel, Harina I don't care how it happened, but bottom line is, it killed a man. So if this shark killed a man, it cannot be brought on the Mizbeach. So the Gemara challenges, we have a Brisa. Pasuk says, 
So we darshan what types of animals are right to be brought as a carbon from each phrase in that pasuk. Mina behema only mina behema lotzi esrovevasanirba that an animal that was involved in bestiality is possible for a carbon. Mina bakar lotzi esaneva that excludes anyone and an animal that was used that was worshipped for avodazara. Minatzon lotzi esamuksa that excludes an animal that was designated for use of avodazara. Uminatzon, the extra vav, That excludes an animal that gored a person and killed a person, that it cannot be brought on the Mizbech. So I'm Rabbi Shimon, Both the din of a nogeach and the din of a rovea are the same, that the animal is supposed to get killed. So why does the Pasuk have to tell me that both are possible? Because each one has a chumrah that the other one does not have. By a rovea, even if it happened ba'ona, it has the same din as if it happened baratzon, whereas nogeach lo asabonus karatzon. By nogeach, that's not the case. So nogeach, and, and on the flip side, nogeach mishalim kofer. A nogeach pays kofer if it was a muad to, uh, to kill uh, a person. Rovea enu mishalim esa kofer. That's why it has to tell me both a rovea and a nogeach cannot be brought as a carbon. Ooh, katani mias, but what did it say in this analysis? That rovea asaba onus karatzon, nogeach lo asaba onus karatzon. That if an animal gores baonus, we don't treat it the same as if it gores baratzon. So what do you mean you don't treat it the same? Lav le carbon, doesn't that mean that an animal is only possible carbon if it was nogeach baratzon? But if it was nogeach baonus, it's kosher to be brought as a carbon? So isn't this a raya that a shariat stadin, which killed baonus, is going to be kosher to be brought as a carbon? Says says No, it just means as far as whether the animal gets killed. That if the animal killed Baones, it doesn't get killed. Only if it killed Baratza does it get killed. But maybe as far as carbon is concerned, it's possible for a carbon regardless. And it's most mustaver to assume that way, that it's about whether you kill the, the, the animal and it's not about whether it's brought as a carbon because it for sure would not be brought as a carbon. The arm of the carbon, because if it were about being brought as a carbon, no the Torah does not talk about uh, the, the ones or the ratzon of a nogeach. So it must be that it's talking about the hariga of the uh, of the behema, uh, because that's where the chiluk between ones and ratzon appears. Uh, so the Mishnah says that the sharet stadin doesn't get killed because it says So that's where we find an explicit chiluk between ones and ratzon. We don't find that in the parsha of uh, of carbon. So Bezashem, tomorrow we'll pick up with uh, with Amar Mar toward the bottom of the page. Okay, everyone have a good day.